0: Diana Gasperoni is the founder of Be Well, Psychotherapy and Wellbeing, host of the Be Real podcast and creator of Be Her teen program. Diana's mission is to provide a full spectrum of mental health wellness to as many souls as possible through direct service and content. She believes in an integrative approach to mental health and well-being. Her first experience with both yoga and psychotherapy laid the foundation for her cutting edge approach to mental health. Diana walked into her first therapy session and her first yoga class in the same week many years ago. This combination of modalities live in her mind and body as she swears by the combination. This was also the jumpstart to a long-term career and mission to provide safe spaces for deep introspection for all people. Diana's greatest passion is supporting humans through painful transitions that may have caused them to become stuck. Through their work together, Diana's clients create a space for understanding their ever shifting identities and moving the past out of the mind and body, allowing room for growth and freedom. Both a long term patient and student of modern psychoanalysis, Diana learned in her early 20s that understanding behaviors, thoughts, and feelings is a lifelong process. Her approach with each patient is to help them to understand what they want from their lives, understand how they want to live, And see a clear way to get there. Hi, I'm Casey, and right here beside me is Kelsey. We are licensed professional counselors, mothers, entrepreneurs, oh, and besties. We know firsthand what it's like to wake up one day and think, how in the heck did I wind up here?
1: Through our own journeys of self discovery, we found that joy is something that has to be pursued through internal work. Now we are on a mission to help women from all walks of life understand themselves more so they
0: can have real lasting joy. Join us every Thursday to hear fun and insightful interviews with experts who can point you toward self-discovery and fulfillment. Here's my thing. Have you ever read the book Prince of Tides by Pat Conroy? I think I have. So I, it's a book that I've been reading for like 10 years, okay? I still haven't finished it. So it's, it's big. It's like super big, thick book. But there is a psychoanalyst in the book in New York City who every time I read or I see you, either one, if I read or if I see you or talk to you, that's what I think. I just imagine you like sitting back, smoking a cigarette, <laughs> uh-huh. just analyzing the snot out of people.
2: <laughs> that's so funny. No longer a smoker. So okay. there's no smoking in the office. Okay. And you know, 2024. Yeah, I mean, this book was
0: written like in the 70s or in the, the 80s or something. Right. Yeah. I was
2: just telling Kelsey that I, the, what I'm reading is for my analytic program that I think I'm going to graduate from,
0: uh-huh. maybe. I just think it's interesting how, I don't know if it's societal or what category it would fall under, but just psychoanalysts, like just that in general where you're from is so normal so normal yeah Yeah. here it is not no i
2: actually wondered when i was there uh, when i was in kentucky for the conference if i think the only analyst
0: maybe yeah i mean i've worked with a couple but uh, i mean normally i would just remember who they are but i don't i don't
1: well I think it goes back to the, when we met and I was like, so you just have the same clients all the time and like forever and ever and ever <laughs> sure. because because for for our culture, I mean that it should be more normalized. I think it we should normalize going to therapy and just having a therapist that you go to weekly or however often you need. But here it's like, well, hmm. well how long is this going to take? How long is this <laughs> going to take? When are you going to fix long me?
0: Is take Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the mindset, it has to be a part of the mindset being so different. And also just, uh, you know, if you grow up with a, a parent who it's just normal to go to therapy every week, then that's going to kind of be normal for you as well. hmm. I think one of the thi- I mean,
2: obviously, we have we have more than just analysts and The city, but we do like in the analytic culture where I mean, I remember the first time somebody asked me about termination, and I was like, What is that? (laughs) Yeah. In our analytic circles, like we stay forever in our own. And I think it does have to do with your own relationship with your analysts, right? Like I have been in analysis for 30 years. So it doesn't make sense to me not to be with that person who knows me and knows my history. I don't like if I went to somebody new, I'd have to start all over yeah. again. They really ha- are holding on to the the ways and how you have moved through the world. And you are part like when you're in relationship with like a patient in that way, you guys are tandemly going through life. I know like one of my analysts is getting ready to retire. But I'm like Oh, my goodness. But it's a re- it's nice for me to know that like one he's almost 90. So it- it's OK.
1: Before we got on here and you said I probably all died in my chair. You what really it? meant it.
2: To- no, I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> joking, but I want to be able to like retire and live, right? But like he's like vibrant and young. He's probably like the youngest 88-year-old you've ever seen. Like nice. he's like full of life. And he's like, I don't want to be that person who's very sick. But one of the things he always used to say to me is that we'll always be together. Like, what does that mean? We'll always be together. But now it's like he's part of how I think. Yeah. Right. Like even if they are my own thoughts and they're my own, like he helped me figure out that language. Right. Like he was part of that maturation process. And so in tandem with that, I have patients that I've had for, oh, God, 20 years. Yeah. And so I've just helped them with their thoughts. Right. And like move through different parts of their life. It's so amazing to be with somebody from like their early 20s or mid-20s to their 40s. I mean, think about all the things that happened to you then, right? And like all the different parts of it. We met boys. We met girls. We had children. We bought houses. Like, I'm like, I was part of that. And, you know, I told you guys this. We're analysts. We're very cocky. Sometimes we take the full credit for our, your everything. That you've Like, you've done nothing in your life without us. However, even though we know that's not true, it's an honor to walk through somebody's life like that for one, right? And two, like, why would it end?
1: Yeah. It, like, why? I haven't been a therapist very long, but I have several that have transitioned from middle school to high school and are about to graduate. I'm going to get you over to the dark side. I'm going to get you
2: in an online analytic program so that you first analyst down there.
0: That would be fun. That would be cool. I would love to see an analyst. I need to look and see if there are any in Kentucky.
2: Yeah, that would be cool. It's really, I mean, even just the whole act of lying down.
0: So you literally is... lie down on a couch.
2: Girl, I didn't show you
1: my couch for no reason. Well, everyone yes, has a couch
0: they're... in their office, but like people actually lay people on it. No.
1: Yes. I've always talked about how I want that full experience. I want to lay down on a couch and just let loose. Get wild. Well, that
2: is exactly what happens, right? So when you lie down on the couch, you it's no longer social, right? Like, you know, the person's there, but then the transference is all like, like here, it's not like this, yeah. like you and I are like hanging out and having tea. The person behind you, they're there, but they're really just responding to your thoughts. Uh-huh.
0: I never actually thought about it like that. And just the transference alone, I think, is because, you know, when you're laying down and the person is back here, you're only focused on your thoughts. You're not thinking about how do I look right now? How am I coming across right now? Am I sitting up straight? Am I not? You know what I'm saying? It like takes away all of that. The, the pressure. Yeah. And it takes about, I would say, 10 minutes into the session for you
2: to actually move away from entertaining your analyst. And then you see as the analyst, you kind of see the shift. Yeah. Right. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. you're just talking now. Mm-hmm. This is great. I had a uh, bless his heart. He's no longer with us. But one of my favorite patients ever for years. In years and years. Like you also like observe what the contact is when they come in. So after like the first three years of therapy, of analysis, he started wearing a t-shirt every Friday that said, I love redheads. And I was like, so do I. So we didn't put it into words, right? So we would lie down on the couch. And then you started to notice it's almost like like we do a lot of work with an observing ego. Like we want to know, like that's sort of what happens is that we as analysts, we're helping you mature, but also that you, you have enough awareness for your own behaviors, right. And thoughts. So you're looking and it was like, I was like, Oh my God, maybe it's like almost eight years in. I don't know. I have no sense of time. So it could have been 10. I don't know. Anyway, it was like, like you could see it as he was talking. I mean, not literally figuratively, like I was like, Oh, he actually is reflecting back his own behaviors and he can see himself in the world in like this whole different new interesting way and i was like oh we're all we're out there in the world and we're killing it now and he like the shift was so different and i mean he was a grown man when he started with me but he was not and then he was definitely like you watched him mature and have this observation and this awareness about himself that there's no way if he had been in like a 20 session conversation for 2 years that he would have ever gotten that much insight and self-awareness and he was like committed to treatment he was amazing anyway we were together for a very long time
0: yeah. i'm so mind blown yeah yeah well it's it's a big thing around here people are like your job as the therapist is to work yourself out of a job as the therapist and i've always been I've always felt very conflicted about that. They teach you that in grad school. And I'm like, but why? You know, I went to therapy. Yeah, I don't like that would be like me. Okay. I mean, I'm functioning human. I'm not having any major issues. But that would be like saying, okay, you can't go back to therapy. But why not? Like if if it's going and it's if if you're doing well. well, If it's working, why 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 stop? stop?
2: That's the other thing. Like. If it's working, why don't you want to continue to grow?
0: Uh-huh.
2: And every like there's always going to be an experience you haven't had. I trust my decision making. I'm pretty good at it. But it is really like there are some thoughts that like you never say out loud. Yeah. You can say them to your analyst.
1: That's that's sure. what I was just thinking. It's <laughs> like, like, you're like, I, you can say them to her. You can say all of them. But that yeah, that's the thing is we always have all these thoughts, but they don't go anywhere. That's why I like therapy. It's because, like, I have a place to to say what I'm thinking.
0: If I talked all the time to Casey, she'd kill me because I do. She's an external processor, and I am not.
2: You are not. No. Yeah. And that was, you would be a great patient, what? Casey. You would be great. Because that is exact. like, you're not, when you don't externally process, right? Like, there's all sorts of stuff that, like, I mean, it's great for writers, it really challenges you and stimulates new thoughts all the time, which is all you ever really want to do so that you can keep living, right? Like, I want to be the 88-year-old that's like, I think I'm going to retire now and travel the world because I've, like, worked really hard and I'm done. Like, I want that. And the more you put your thoughts and feelings in towards your younger, you feel better. There's, like, all sorts of stuff that happens.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I probably wouldn't kill you, but I would, like, it makes me tired. Like, when her and her daughter both talk, like, I came home last night and I was just thinking, there has not been a single moment since I've walked in the store without someone (laughs) talking. And then for me, if it's just me and my kids at home, nobody's talking. Everybody's just, like, doing their own thing. (laughs) We're all just We're very external. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Right. And so
2: a place to, like, really just talk and not I mean it there's a lot of free association and analysis like because we don't I mean we're not behavior focused and all of that thing all of that. So like I mean you could just bring in your dreams and have a field day.
0: Oh
1: yeah. I would I would light up. <laughs> I like some dreams. Yeah. Dream analysis. Go for it.
2: Dream analysis is super fun. I've had patients who like start the session with dreams for like a year. Cause you dream more. Yeah. Like really? in analysis and you're lying down on the couch there it's like it's symbolic some patients will start to dream more and then they'll bring in the dream right away as a way to start talking. It's really fun, right? And then you're like, okay, dreams are wishes often. And if the next time you have a dream, you're everybody in your dream. Different parts of yourself show up as different people in the dream or your relationship to that person shows up. So that's always fun too, to try to figure out like why that one, why now? Like a lot of this content is like from stuff that's going on in your life that day or whatever, but you can really piece a lot of it together with like risks and wishes and dreams. And
0: Gosh, maybe we can start writing down what our dreams are and then see if you can. I had a wild one last night. I ain't going to bring it up, but.
2: If you want to call me.
1: Uh, Definitely. I'm (laughs) happy to analyze that dream for you.
2: Because it's really like dreams really give you a lot. It's stuff that's in your unconscious that wants to come out. And either you can't put it into words yet. Or you don't know where to put it into words. I mean, it could be something that like that you wouldn't say to anybody because it would ruin a
0: relationship. Right. But you still have the thought. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting.
0: I dream that Kelsey cheats on me all the time.
1: I, <laughs> I do really- not. I do not. If anyone's wondering.
0: I know you don't. <laughs> but I do. I do. I dream that. Like all the time.
2: Wishes and fears. Two sides of the same coin.
0: Oh well, Yeah. Maybe. Them well i definitely don't wish that so it has to be you know i hope you <laughs> don't <laughs> <laughs> it's always something ridiculous well, too.
2: also like it would be the worst feeling and so like if you dream it and then you talk about it yeah and you don't create it right like if you talked about all the time that you think she cheats on you it would put a big like yeah. Inside your relationship, right? Because it would feel shitty. And because yeah. Kelsey would be like every day, I'm not cheating on you. I'm not doing it. I'm yeah, not no, doing I it. i wake not- up
0: and I'm mad at her. She's like, Oh, did I cheat on you again? I'm like
2: in a dream? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and you're like, Wait, did you? But like, if you are Kelsey in your dream, what are you cheating yourself out of?
0: Right.
1: Ooh.
0: yeah. I see where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. So I
1: have a off topic question. So sure. do you ever get clients that have no clue what... Patients. You call them patients, Patients.
2: Right? You call them patients because you need a lot of it. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: do you ever get somebody who doesn't know like the name of the game, so you have to like coach them on how to... like.
2: They don't know the name of the game
1: at okay. all. Well, I wouldn't. I'd just be like, I... okay, talk to me.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, they come in and I mean, for most people, it's not like I'm a modern analyst, like I'm not a... And traditional four day a week lie on the couch analyst. Because <sighs> there's not enough, you can't be as animated as I am to, I, I could never do it. So sometimes people will want to sit up. Sometimes people want to sit in my chair. And then sometimes people will want to sit up. And I invite them to lie down. And then they're like, why would I do that? I'm like, well, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> and then it goes back and forth and back and forth. And I'm like, okay. And then they're like, oh, maybe I'm not ready for that. Or, And I'm like, okay, when you're ready. And they come in again and I invite them to lie down until eventually either they lie down or they don't, right? Like I can't force you to lie down. I'm not gonna sit on you. (laughs) But um like that would be a
0: different kind of therapy.
2: That would be a different kind of therapy. And I don't I don't know if my license allows (laughs) that. And then oftentimes I will say, depending on the patient and where they are. I'll say, well, I'm, as soon as you're ready to lie down, the work can get started. But right
0: now, we'll just keep talking. Mm-hmm. Ah, nice. That's a trick. Yeah, that's a that's a tricky little thing you've got up your sleeve there. Yeah,
2: and then ho- hopefully the patient will lie down, and then and I think right what? now, I mean, I've encouraged the majority of my patients who are in New York to come back to lie down. To be seeing me in the office. And then if I don't see you in the office, for the most part, I work with you on the phone. So you still can't see me. Yeah. Which is, it's really helpful. Like even you should even try it if you have virtual patients, Kelsey.
0: I can totally see that. I really can Mm -hmm. I would prefer when when I was in therapy and we were having internet issues and, and stuff with my therapist, we would speak on the phone and it was so much better for me. I didn't have to worry. I could just lay here and have to worry about, oh, like, do I look stupid right now? Or, you know, it's just the performance. Like, you feel like you have to perform to a certain degree. And I don't care what anyone says. You do. I would probably do much better with an analyst because I, I am that person. Mm-hmm. Like, did I sound dumb? Did yeah. I do this? How did I sound? Did I look okay today? Did I sound smart? Yeah. But
2: also it gives you the opportunity, like, Have you ever gotten mad at you, therapist? No. Well, there you go. So, but like in this format, right, in this modality, it does give you in the transference the opportunity to really discharge rage, which probably doesn't actually have anything to do with the analyst. However, you get to find it in a different way. And know, like, I'm sitting behind you. Like, if you yell at me, I'm gonna be okay. If we're like looking at each other and we're going toe to toe, then yeah. how I am gonna have a hard time. Not yeah. like, Wink. but if I'm back there, and I match your rage with my voice, and we have a di- we have a different experience. Think about it. Like, think about how many times you've your mother. And you discharged when you were 13 in a very interesting way that you don't do when you're in your 30s, but it's still in there. So this allows you the opportunity to really like you're not looking at the person. So you get to you get to say it yeah. and you get to be frustrated and you get to like find new language around that frustration. And there's a freedom in that. And then you go out in the world and you've like let go of that crap and you let it and let it out in the office and you go out and you have more freedom and you have more thoughts.
0: That makes perfect sense. It's like that lady at the airport, The This lady at the airport was mad because the this couple with the baby cut line because mm-hmm. they were going to miss their flight. This woman was Very good. turning around and we were kind of back at a distance, like in these people's faces with their hands like. And I told Kelsey, I said, if I was closer and that would have Mm -hmm. happened in my direction, we would have had some problems Mm -hmm. because she was like, you know, right, right in your face. But now if I was not immediately in her vicinity over where we were, Mm
1: -hmm. it was a
0: totally different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally see where you're coming from there. Mm -hmm. I think that type of anger or rage or conflict or whatever with your therapist is also healthy because it mimics what happens in life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And being able
2: to like resolve a conflict and know your biggest unconscious fear. Mm -hmm. Just a little FYI for most people, most assuming we're not talking about the actual hardcore borderline is that you're going to destroy the other person with your rage, right? Like you could get so mad. You could destroy that person. Like you are that powerful. You're not for the most part. If you know, you can be that mad and not destroy the relationship and be able to like, then have another whole set of feelings in that same 45 minutes you're able to go out in the world and balance yourself out in a much more stable way. Uh, Hundred
1: percent. Well, I think my, my relationship with my best friend, and I'm not saying it's the same thing because it's definitely not, but it makes sense why that, that modality of therapy works because that's what Mm -hmm. I did with her all throughout my twenties was talk about all the things that I had in my mind. And then after I let, or we got off the phone, I felt recharged. I was like, yeah, okay, this is great. On the phone. Yeah. Yeah, on the phone, no face to face. I would no. die. I I mean, that's all I did in my twenties with my with my best friend. Like, if I was upset about something, I was calling her to like talk it through.
0: Maybe that's my problem. Is I don't do that at all. I don't do that with anyone. Like, I don't call anyone and just vent or talk, just about, talk about, it. about my feelings. You know? Yeah, no, I don't do that. Thoughts? I have an appointment available. <laughs>
2: It's really helpful. It's real. I mean, it's for you, Casey, for writing. Imagine like if you could get some of like the clutter thoughts out of the way and you just let all that creative. I mean, Freud was like all about the creative. So like moving all that garbage around and like shaking it up so that you can just stimulate thoughts all the time.
0: Well, maybe when I start this next book, the, maybe that's what I need to do then is just because that's what I did with the first one or second one Mm it was in therapy through that whole book writing process and that's exactly what happened it shook it up and Mm -hmm. it helped maybe I need to do that again but do it where you just talk about yeah your thought yeah right yeah I'm not in the middle of any kind of major crisis yeah
2: yeah exactly something that's just sort of like there's free association there's I mean I'm trying to think like Sometimes I'm like, I don't have anything to talk about anymore. But that's a lie. Like, as soon as you get there, you lie down. But also what would be interesting for you is in the silence. Like, what would keep you from talking?
0: Mm. To me, it always feels it feels more overwhelming to talk about it than to keep it in. Like, Kelsey will be like, so what did you do today? And if I've had a bad day, I'll, I'm like, not really anything. If I've had a good day, I can tell her the good things. But the bad things I just and I don't know, maybe it does go back to childhood because that's all I ever remember is having hearing my mom and my stepdad complain about their days every single day. And I came home and had to listen to it. And I just remember thinking, would you all shut up? Like, this is miserable.
2: Well, I have to say, I'm sure that Kelsey can handle you having a
0: bad day. <laughs> hmm. She can. Yeah. I don't know. It was really hard when I did go to therapy, though, honestly, for the first time to find the language to describe the feelings because they would ask me, like, well, how does that feel? And I'm like, I don't know. Well, how does that feel? I don't know. Probably didn't know. And I think that the
2: other, which is the right thing to say, it's also a wish not to know. And that could be the right thing, too. Oftentimes, in the different modalities that I don't work in, I'm not going to say negative things about them, (laughs) but the different modalities that I don't work in, there is emphasis on the feeling, right? And that you are supposed to know when you come in about the feeling. So when I meet somebody for the first time, I imagine that they're an infant and that they will not have access to language for two years. Yeah. So I am not expecting them, anybody to tell me a feeling. For at least two years. I mean, we have, we're not even getting started for two years. Yeah, yeah.
0: What kind of because questions
1: do you ask them?
2: I don't know. What'd you do today? What'd you have for dinner? Mm-hmm.
0: Just trying to get their thoughts rolling.
2: Yeah, five or six object oriented questions. I don't talk about feelings.
0: That was rough because I had um I had two therapists and one she had a very eclectic type of practice. She I don't even know how to explain it. The other one I went to because feelings were so difficult and uncomfortable for me that I purposely sought out an EFT clinician and it was good, but it was very, very hard. And I felt like the therapy process went a lot slower, Mm -hmm. like the progress went a lot slower. But it it was good and it's, it was good in a lot of ways because it helped me understand her more because she is so emotional. That, mm-hmm. um, so if nothing else, it was, it was really good for me to have that kind of understanding of someone that does lead with emotion and like how, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. It, it just made that part, made my understanding a little bit better, but it was rough.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's when you introduce feeling words at the jump, it's real. People are like, Mm "What? Don't worry, the feelings are there." Yeah, yeah. But you need the content to understand, like, to start to understand, and so you want to build the transference because then the feelings are going to be in the transference, and the the analyst is going to have the countertransference induction of your feelings too.
1: Mm. Well, and a lot of people, when you're in rage or you're angry or in conflict. You don't know your emotions because I sure don't. I have to search for them. It's not easy,
2: and oftentimes it doesn't have anything to do with the person that you're mad at. You brought that old feeling into the relationship or whatever's happening, and you're like, "Where the fuck did that come from?" Yeah, and it just could, could be like, I don't know, someone forgot to pack you lunch or you got the wrong lunch when you were in the third grade, and you're still holding on to it. Like, it doesn't have to be that traumatic all the time, but it that we do have like. And I use big T, little T trauma. I hey, there you, t- t- there you go. There you go. I do it. I use it. I use it. So like there's those little things, those little things that happen along the way. But you're never going to figure that out in 20 sessions. Like that's a lifetime of figuring it out. And you might not know. And the other thing that about long term treatment, you get to really look at repetition compulsion. So we, no matter what, we're going to repeat, 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 repeat. Like we get up every morning, we brush our teeth at the same way, whatever. We do it to survive so that we're not insane. But there are behaviors that we repeat and we may move them into another behavior through a short-term treatment, but it's still being motivated. Like it might not be a maladaptive behavior like the one we shift did, but it could just be a behavior that we put in place for like a neurosis that we could just work through. Yeah. But you get to see it in a much different way.
0: I learned a lot about my repeated behaviors throughout writing my book, Mm -hmm. just as I was documenting and like really drawing out timelines from birth to adulthood. And, you know, I'd just know, like, I mean, it was clear when I had done something really stupid or, you know, whatever, but to see it all out there in one linear place, Mm -hmm. And like, oh, every time something traumatic happens, I respond by doing this <laughs> every single time. Um, and you're like, oh, here we are in chapter eight. Oh, wow, look at that!
2: I got a pretty new dress on, but I'm doing the same freaking thing. Did it
0: again. <laughs> I
2: spent a little bit more money on these shoes, but whoop, uh-huh. this behavior looks real similar. Yep, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I, had, I honestly had never noticed it before. I never put put two and two together. So you know being so your book is like you're observing eco it yeah yeah have you listen are you on one of our street or our um teams our launch teams no but it can be you need to be because i have boxes of 500 books here that i'm sending out early to our teams and i want you to read it and analyze it all right and analyze it yeah
2: OK, because, you know, I get sometimes get invited to book clubs just for that reason.
0: Oh, oh, well, then, yeah, I, <laughs> I've had people
2: have me read books. Uh-huh. They're like, oh, will you read this one? and come to our book. club?" Like, <laughs> sure.
0: Well, if you do, and then maybe you could give me some ideas for for the next book after reading it.
2: Oh, my God, I'd love that. I'm emailing Emily okay. right now.
0: But this has been so fun. I love this conversation and it's not at all what I intended on talking to you about, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. All right. This was super fun. Yeah. All right, ladies. Thank you so
1: much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. you. Later back porch besties. See you everybody.
0: If you're enjoying our podcast and would like to hear more from us, leave us a review wherever you get your podcast, so we can keep making great content. Talk to you later besties.